you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thanks so much for listening. It's the Friday Gumbo Show, which means everything within reason and uh, good goes into the pot. So we will uh, kind of do a recap of the week. And then also I've got one new story that I wanted to bring in just as a, a way of mention. We already knew this, I think, some of us. Um, but again, this just goes to make the point that whenever, you know, whenever, I guess, people who have been holding secrets are finally forced to admit then it tells you that it's way worse than it probably is. Mm. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And then also tie up loose ends from our discussion yesterday, looking at how women view having children. I think that that discussion kind of um, maybe didn't work itself out to the fullest extent. Um, and certainly hearing from some of our listeners, I know we got another email after the program, um, just um, offering some commentary on that. And then I, I would imagine that we've got more listeners who want to call in. Also, um, did I first? Let me just stop for a second. Okay. Did I ever say that I'm Miki? I think you did. did well, well, maybe not. And I'm Will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not this sure. This is what about it's that. like. This is what it is for the gate to be lifted. And then you just take <laughs> off, right? Yeah. Victory and J Mac are on tap. We're going to open the phone lines up earlier than we usually do and get your commentary on what we have discussed all week long. Right. We kicked off the week talking about civilization's only hope, mm. that it is indeed the gospel, that it is indeed Jesus Christ, um, but not neglecting the fact that the gospel has been entrusted to you. Yes. So so it, it's not this sort of, you know, um, distant, hey, just th throw the gospel, hey, Jesus, just step in. It is you have been entrusted with the gospel, so you are supposed to, as you go, uh, have a major impact on civilization mm -hmm. as it is we can see a decline because we have not had the kind of impact that we're supposed to have that it's expected that we would have so we spent monday and tuesday talking about that and then on wednesday will mm -hmm. the great you talked about what's really real give yes. a recap of that spiritual warfare uh, mm -hmm. a lot of times what we see uh in the in the natural we think that that's all there is mm -hmm. but there's a, a real spiritual realm and god has given us weapons to fight with and the, the Bible clearly lays out that the weapons that he's given us of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to pulling down strongholds, Amen. you know, casting down imaginations and the thoughts and everything that would exalt itself, you know, uh, above the knowledge of Christ. And also, you know, we have the arm of God. So mm -hmm. just the realization that we are in a war, even when it don't uh, feel like it, yeah. feel like it, but it, it is happening. Mm -hmm. Even when we can't see it, you know, it's, it's happening. And, and, you know, a lot of things that we attribute to, oh, man, just coincidence. Oh, man, that was just a bad day. There's some things that are going on that's spiritual and that yeah. there are principalities and rulers and, and, and all those things that uh, are, are, are at play. And I talked about even like, you know, when there, were time, there was a time when we would um, go to our hometown and, and, oh, and upon entering into New Orleans, oh, you boy. know, there was like always this tension that would arise between us, you know, Good grief. and that we recognized it was a spiritual attack yep. uh, and had to, you know, 
pray and say, Lord, help us to as we go and ourselves prepare go ourselves in. Yeah. because it's a real spiritual battle. So that was uh, what that show was about. It's interesting, though. I think if we could just stay here for a second, this is the Friday recap. So, you know, all of this can go in. But I, I think it's really interesting that um, it can sometimes be really uncomfortable for us to discuss this aspect of the faith. You know, when we talk about the the portions of Scripture that are not immediately understood just by sheer intellect, meaning that we can't just reason our way through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a there are huge portions of Scripture that if we are honest they don't fall into the category of our sort of like um, five senses, right? So that we're able to conceptualize it in a way that makes sense. But but all of all of the scriptures really are supernatural, right? If you mm-hmm. really think mm-hmm. about what we're doing, right. what we're discussing. Um, but I think spiritual warfare is one of those things that people would be way more comfortable leaving it to the fringe to discuss. Mm. Um, you know, they discuss that on that show or that right. is for that channel or that's that particular denomination. Yeah. And I think we do ourselves a disservice because we don't ready ourselves for battle when in fact the scriptures point to very clearly that we are in a yes. battle. Yes. I'm I'm wondering Definitely. I'm wondering um if you have some observations to make about how we as Christians might know when the things that we are going through mm-hmm. are of a particular spiritual nature. And what I mean by that is mm-hmm. like, say for example, you and I have a disagreement. Mm-hmm. We disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, we might be offended with one another. Right. Which right. by the way, folks happens. Like I think I don't, it surprises <laughs> me that when we on a regular basis, you know, are out and about the country and share like the reality of what it is to be two human people married, <laughs> that people are like surprised. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I don't know who you think we are, right. but um, but there's something yeah. different about you and I having disagreements yeah. and being upset with one another and having to work through those things mm-hmm. versus like when there's a spiritual attack on our marriage, like mm-hmm. when there's there's something that is overwhelmingly intense that you yeah. you almost kind of feel like it it's not that's not usual that's yeah. not normal yeah and I think that's the the key you know is is not usual that there hmm. is something more to it than just a minor disagreement that you kind of get over but that it, things linger or that there's a, a constant uh, uh, a misunderstanding that and it yeah. seems like sort of like a state yeah it's like you're constantly mm-hmm. missing each other you know and it's like a, a constant misunderstanding and it's I think when when you get to those intense moments like that you can uh, stop and say, hold on, you know, we're missing each other. Let's pray. Mm-hmm. Like there's something going on here that's beyond, you know, a, a, a little minor disagreement or, or things like that, that mm-hmm. that something is trying, something greater is trying to take place, you know, and I think uh, the ability to be able to stop and to say, hold and recognize those things, man, that that is the sign of maturity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's what I long for. Uh, uh, more and more the the ability to discern and to see what's going on you know not just blaming you know oh it's the devil trying to do <laughs> right you right bec- like when like when there's real responsibility that yes. each of us must take yes. like it this is not and I'm so glad you said that because it's not meant to be a cop-out like if you say right. something that's wrong or you express right. yourself in a way that's not glorifying to yeah. God. And then on yeah. the other side of that, your spouse is upset. You can't be like, now let's just recognize this is the devil. Right. It's like, wait, but, but you said that. Like but you, you it, actually have to take responsibility. Because for in that. reality, <laughs> um, it is our flesh 
as yeah. well. And we have to own up to I have allowed my flesh to, <laughs> you know, uh, be taken advantage of by the enemy. Like ultimately mm -hmm. the enemy looks for th those different, you know, holes or whatever he can get, you know, but like we, the points of weakness. Yes. But we don't have to submit to that, you know, and sometimes we mm. do. And we need to recognize, man. I'm giving over to the flesh. Like, this is a fleshly response. Like, that that was not right. You know, I uh, didn't control myself, mm -hmm. you know, and we have to own up to that. Knowing that, yeah, the the root of it is, it may be a dart from the enemy. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? It may be something, but man, we have the power to withstand those darts. You know, we have the arm of God on, have, you know, in the word of God, uh, in our hearts and in our minds and, you know, all the weapons he's given us, you know, mm -hmm. so... Yeah, just it was the show was mainly a reminder and an encouragement that, man, we are not without, you know, the weapons that we need to fight uh, in, the, in the spiritual battle. Yeah, no, that's really good. I, I'm, I'm reminded, especially as it pertains to marriage and just any of the relationships that we have. I think for some people, it's true that even if you didn't have any other human interaction, you'd have a battle in your mind. Yes. OK, so like even if you didn't have that, there yes. would still be warfare that you'd have to deal with but it's intensified because of interacting with people like we just i yeah. mean and and whether that that's the marital context or the familial context in a, in a different iteration we just we have these battles but i'm reminded of just paraphrasing here what the lord said to cain that sin was like crouching mm. at the door mm. right but you've got to master it and mm. and this idea of the last word that we feel we just have to utter mm. or the thing that we feel we just have to write and mm. And hit send, you know, mm -hmm. all of those things are, yeah. are the things that you're like, oh, man, that's sin kind of like just crouching right there at yep. the door. Um, and it and it does speak of this this unseen realm, right, that the battle is against the flesh and putting the flesh to death. And so so often we are guilty of not putting the flesh to death. You know, yeah. we're, we're guilty of uh, giving water to that dead man who is supposed to be dying on the cross, who's supposed mm. to be um yeah. the self that is supposed to be done away with. That's um, right. Anyway, yesterday we talked about the ripples of influence. Mm -hmm. um, who told our, who told our daughters, I'll, I'll ask it in this way. Who told our daughters that, um, that children would negatively affect their careers. Mm. And one of the things that I wanted to unpack just a little bit more, and, and all of this will be helpful as we open the phone lines, because you can comment on anything we've talked about all this week. Um, but one of the things that really struck me about this this survey that was conducted by Resume Builder is that so many young women really perceive children as having a negative impact on their career. And the thing that concerned me about that is that it really speaks to this perception or this view of the career as the end, that the career is the thing. It's not... Um, a display of one's gifts that God has given you the ability to do these things and that you could operate in these various arenas if, if, if that's the Lord's will for you. Mm -hmm. But it's that the career is the thing. So the highest achievement, um, the thing that's going to be most um, most satisfying to us is this external thing rather than understanding that the work that God has entrusted to us, that is the rearing of children and the caring for for our homes and whatever else that we have gifts that we're able to do, none of those things are like the thing. Mm. But indeed, the thing is glorifying God in all of those areas, right? And so, and again, I think this is a this is sort of like a a, a battle that comes into play that those things can 
there's a there's a war there, right? Mm-hmm. So for example, uh, one of the things that I've said um, over the years to moms having these different conversations because guys, let's just look. There's camps everywhere. Okay, there's <laughs> there are camps everywhere. We will. Um, and guys, you know this to be true. We will mob up over anything that can be mobbed up over. <laughs> so here we are. We're all Christians. And then you've got some moms who are, and and, and this is what we, we describe it as stay-at-home moms. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right? And so then that becomes the camp, the stay-at-home uh-huh. moms. Yeah. And the stay-at-home moms become the epitome of what it is to be a Christian woman. And then you have the moms who are the moms who are in their homes, but also work outside of their homes. And then they become a camp. Mm -hmm. And then they're at war with the stay at home moms because they both perceive the, both of these camps perceive the others to be at odds, right? Mm -hmm. Like they, they don't love Jesus. Well, they don't love Jesus. Well, they don't love Jesus. And so then there's this war. But the thing that really um, is, I, I think important for us to recognize is that the aim, like the end is not just that the mom is in the home. Mm. It is the work that takes place in the home. It is the loving of the husband and the shaping and the rearing of the children. It is also using the gifts that God has given you for the glory of God. There are some women who have these incredible gifts, but because of an American construct of what it is for the wife to be a keeper of her home. Because of an American construct, guys, Mm -hmm. like I there are some conversations I've had with some women over Titus chapter two that I'm like. But your your um, painting of Titus chapter two might not work in the Philippines. So Mm. in other words, the heart of the message has to be able to work in every context in which we exist. Right. Mm. So so that means that the mom who is working out in the fields in the Philippines is also tasked with keeping her home. It doesn't it's not just where you work or don't work. It is the attitude of the heart and it's the understanding of what we're supposed to be doing so that we put God on display. And I think this makes people very uncomfortable because we like to have things carved out and then we like to just pour ourselves into that mold. Mm. That way we don't have to think about it a whole lot. Yeah. If I can just pour myself into that mold and then just do that and say, okay, I have achieved success. I'm doing it. Then I'm happy. But what I think we have to do is, is go before the Lord. What is it that the Lord has designed you to do how do you do those things for his glory? Either one of them, and however it shakes out, is work. It puts demands on Christians. Listen, this idea of, you know, this carefree life that we keep trying to create for ourselves, you won't find it in Scripture. You just won't find it in Scripture. All right, we'll grab the break. Well, let me give the phone line uh, the number, 888-589-8840, 888 We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons. It's the Friday edition. Um, we do a lighter show and a little bit of a recap, just kind of depending. Uh, we call it the gumbo show. Everything can go in the pot. You can comment 
on anything that we've discussed this week that we can speak intelligently to. Hopefully, if we've discussed it, we can speak intelligently to it. Mm-hmm. Yet again, though, that is uh, probably <laughs> taking a risk. 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. You can talk to us if you'd like. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Triply and Wande with Witness. Victory and J-Mac are on tap, helping us navigate the show, get your calls on. Before we go to the phone lines, Will the Great, was there anything that you wanted to comment on? Did you have any thoughts? I know we talked about this a little bit more Mm -hmm. um, yesterday evening, talking about the family and just the way we have this false perception of the family. There's this, this, um, this idea that we believe we've grabbed from Scripture, which I think has been the attempt, yeah. right? But yeah. just the way that it has shaken out has been sort of a mixing of yeah. just cultural ideals, right, that then kind of got reshaped and turned into absolute Bible. Yeah, and I think when you talk about these camps, that's what happens. Like, these camps are largely built upon, I'm, th- I'm thinking in a Christian context, Scriptures that we've taken to make to fit into what we really wanted to say or, or mm-hmm. believe you know and and i think we got to be careful with that it, it, it has to say what it's saying you know yeah. and so and in a lot of these instances i think you know especially as we um think about uh, uh america and you know uh and christianity if you're not careful you can bleed the one into the other you mm. know so much so where you um do a disservice to the word you know because yeah. you know america does not equal christianity and, and, you know, America is a great nation and all of that. But, man, some of the things that... that Only uh, Christianity is Christianity. Yeah, some of the things that yeah. we, you know, adhere to, it could just be, like, just our tradition as far as being yeah. Americans, not necessarily what the Bible says. And so I think when you talk about these issues, that's, that can fall, like, under that. So One of the things I feel like has inadvertently happened, and, and I'll just add this, and then we'll go to the phone lines, and, and it, re- it really, <clears throat> excuse me, it really makes me sad Um, And a little bit disappointed that we haven't spent more time making sure that we get as close to Scripture as possible. Mm -hmm. Because I think that just one particular focus on, for example, Titus 2 has made a culture of spiritually lazy husbands. And Mm. I think that's so unfortunate that it's like, oh, that's the wife's job, uh, the house and the the children and all of that. When it's like, wait, hold on a second. There is so much more for men to be involved in and engaged in doing that is not just going out and making a check yeah. and, and, and bringing the check back. And, and, and I think indeed we've seen our children frustrated because of that lack of influence, mm-hmm. but then also they, they, they um, live that out in the next generation. Right. So, well, I didn't see my dad doing that. My mom did all of that. And so, right. I mean, that's just what dads do. I'll just go and make the money and then you can handle all of that. Yeah. But it cannot be with all the other scriptures that you, you take into chorus, right. The responsibility of fathers to their children. Yeah. It cannot be that the expectation of what Paul wrote to Titus, it cannot be that the expectation was that that would only be the wife's job. Right. Like there's just no way. There are too many other scriptures that point to the active involvement of fathers having a say and having influence over their children's lives and instructing and training them. And yet we have made this, well, that's the woman's job. Now there's a unique um, design that women have to nurture, but that does not mean that fathers um, do not have a responsibility to their children to train and to instruct and to have influence over them. And I think it's so unfortunate, you know, that, that we have normalized that and we have celebrated um, the, the function that has been the removal of men from the home because that's seen as the woman's thing. 
Yeah. That's the woman's thing. It's so sad. And in the scriptures, you know, um, it's, it's given to the fathers to to do these things that you're talking about, instruction to the children and everything. And I'm thinking about, um, we talked about this, Psalm 78. Yes. Which is a masculine of ASAP. ASAP mm-hmm. was a, 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 a songwriter. He was a, a, a prophet, a seer, mm-hmm. you know, and um, he, he wrote some of the Psalms. And it, and it says, listen, O my people, to my instruction. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We would not conceal, we would not conceal them from their children, but tell to the generation to come the praises of the Lord uh, and his strength and his wondrous works uh, that he has done. And it says, for he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should teach them to their children, that the generation to come might know even the children yet to be born, mm-hmm. that they may arise and tell them to their children that they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and not be like their fathers, <laughs> a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart and whose spirit was not faithful to God. So this is a charge to mm-hmm. fathers to hand down, you know, the goodness of God to tell of the goodness of God. And you see e- even in other scriptures where they, there was memorials set up and, and when the children were going to ask, well, why do we have this? Or why do we mm-hmm. do this? The fathers were to say uh, about the tell about the goodness of God and how yeah. he brought us out of Egypt and how he. And so that was a charge that was given mainly to the fathers in the scripture. Yeah. You know, it, it's amazing. The unintended consequence of misapplying scripture or, or just really being unaware of scripture. I'll one more thing. <laughs> I was reading an article um, about uh, LeBron James's wife, and this article talked about how well, LeBron James said of his wife that she rules the roost, like she is, she oversees the care of the home and of the kids, and and basically she's got the final word. She she is in charge, and I'm I'm paraphrasing here. That's her domain, but this is the reason that he gave. He said, "I'm not there." So how can I step in and give any oversight when I don't know what's going on? Now, mm-hmm. he said that. Mm-hmm. And I think in the wow. woke culture, he meant that to be like, that's empowering. Yeah. That's like, she's right. got it. Like, why am I going to step in and right. say anything? But when I read that, my mind went tragic, yeah. tragic. You cannot impact the lives of your sons and your daughter because you don't know what's going on. And and you say that as if that's like a celebration of women. No, that is a burden that women were not meant to bear alone. Right. Like that's, that's why you have the two being better than one. Like that's, yeah. no, and you're supposed to know what's going on and give insight and oversight. And again, his father wasn't there. So, I mean, it, it's a cycle that continues on, you know, and his mother did, you know, pretty much everything. So um, even though he's there, meaning married to their right. mother, it's the same thing that's happening in his own home. It's like he's Man. not he's not there. He said it. He's not there. Yeah, you so know? how can I say anything? And that's so what he said. Yeah. I'm not saying that he don't have any interaction with his children. I know he does. He, he, right. I mean, you see the videos of him at the games and, and stuff like that. But he's telling us that as far as decision-making and things that happen. The shaping of character shaping and all of, of these. Character, <laughs> that he is not Yikes. a part of that at all because, you know, he's given that portion over to his wife because mm. he's not there you know so she handles all that that's that, that is tragic so very much so 
589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go? All right, let's go to Abby in Texas. Hi, Abby. Hi, how are you? Doing fine, doing fine. Um, You guys talk a little bit, I just caught like some of this while I was driving, but you talked a little bit about the um, spiritual warfare in marriage and family. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm watching like a lot of different shows or whatever and seeing little other different people, but people that have been married for like, you know, 20, 15, 20 years or more, all of a sudden are now in like the midst of like um, divorce or heading that way, right? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. separations or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, how do you turn that around when there's like trust and <laughs> and betrayal issues that you can't, mm-hmm. you know, frustrations you just can't seem to get out of those. Yeah. Um, wow, Abby. First, let me just say, um, I think I think everybody could hear. There's a, there's a little bit of a there's mm-hmm. some pain in your voice, so I just want to recognize yes. that, and and I and I want to also say that my whatever whatever Will the Great and I say at this moment as a response would be unaware of the extent right. of the suffering that you are enduring, and I want to be very clear about that because sometimes. We can be like shooting from the hip and just like, well, the Bible says, and then, and, and not understanding that there are some things, Abby, that really take counseling, right? They right. really take having someone outside of the situation mm-hmm. to walk through with that couple. So I will say that if that is your situation, or if you have friends who are in that situation, one of the best things that we can do is to be honest and vulnerable with a mature couple in the Lord who will be able to lovingly instruct us and walk with us through scripture um, and, and to encourage us and to give us the tools that we need to work through those things. That's my first response. Will agree. I don't know if you wanted to add something. I would would echo that, that, Mm -hmm. you know, biblical counseling, you know, uh, and, and, and seeking that out. And I, and that may have been done, you know, I don't know, like we don't know situation or whatever. Um, is very, very uh, important and a good thing, you know, and and to, to seek that godly wisdom and counseling, biblical counseling, yep. I was you know, specify, you know, can go a long way in even uh, healing uh, the hurt and, and mm-hmm. things that happen. Having someone who has a mature biblical mindset about marriage uh, and, it, and you're able to, like, talk to uh, would be uh, very, very important. Yeah. And, and, and let me let me say this too, uh, Abby, uh, the violation of our trust, mm-hmm. whether it's the husband or the wife, is something that may be among the most difficult things to overcome. I know that there are other things. I'm not saying that this is the most, but a violation of trust has a has an ongoing effect in marriage. Right. It's not just you said that it made me mad. And, you know, now I'm going to stare at the window for the duration of this ride. Not that that was me. I'm just saying that that might be somebody (laughs) else's testimony, right? But the violation of trust is one of those things that um, is a wedge that separates couples. And that is something that has to be overcome by the application of scripture. Maybe fasting, maybe, well, certainly prayer, right? And counsel. And, And those are things that have to be laid out. Can I say something? I think one of the, one of the problems in marriage is that we don't 
get to a place of complete honesty when we're communicating with one another. Mm. Far too often, we are dealing with all of the effects of the, the deep thing that we need to deal with, right? We deal with the manifestations that are the result of the deep thing. If and when in our marriages, we can deal with the deep things, we can be vulnerable, we can be honest, and we can like just admit this is the thing rather mm-hmm. than like so the, the the lashing out or the the coldness or all of the other things are the symptoms that that stem from the deep thing and sometimes if we're honest you know we don't want to be that vulnerable we, mm-hmm. we don't want to get to the core of the deep things but all of those things in counseling will come out and and um if 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 we are willing to submit ourselves to that type of work yes. so i don't without having knowledge of everything that's going on um, to our sister, Abby, that would be my response. Those steps, those things to consider. Um, All right. Well, the great, where do we go next? All right. Let's go to Karen in Louisiana. Hi, Karen. Uh, Hi. I certainly enjoy your word uh, that you spread in God's name. And I appreciate that from y'all. God bless Um, you. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to make a comment that, um, I got married and I started working and then when I had children, I kept working and it was hard, you know, to handle everything just like it is for everybody else. And, um, I guess about when my youngest was two years old, I decided to, I found, I was able to find a job that I could work at home. I did some transcribing mm-hmm. and, um, the, the ladies at my my husband's office kept saying, Oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky to stay home with your kids. And, oh, and I kept saying to myself, well, you can do that, too. I mean, it takes a little sacrifice. Um, I wasn't buying a car every three or four years. Come on, Karen. I was riding my cars when they were 10 and 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and things like just take sacrifice. But I certainly see where they come from because – our society has made it that as soon as women started working more and more and there was more income that mm-hmm. could be spun in the in the public, you saw prices go up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everything. And so now it's made it necessary, mm. per se, that my daughters feel that they have to work if they want to get a, a nice house, they want to buy things for their kids. And, you know, and, and now I know it's not all about things, mm-hmm. but a lot of times it's just just to make your little family happy, you know? Mm. So I I think what a sad, a sad remark on our society and our life that we're almost forced. I mean, you almost don't have a a choice if you want to be a stay at home mom. It's a hard thing to do. So that means your husband has to make double his normal income if you would both be working. And that probably takes him away from home, you know, Mm. So, but oh, I do man. appreciate your remarks about LeBron James. I think I think you're right. I mean, <laughs> he, it sounds like he has no input, you know, and it it does take the father. Yeah, yeah it's interesting, Karen, because I I I almost think that his comments are like, no, I don't have any input, and and almost feeling like he doesn't have the right to because he's yeah. not there. Like, how can I say anything when she's maintaining everything? Um, I just would say to your point, Karen, and and I'm listening to the music here, so I know I'm going to this break and I'm not going to have time to unpack this. 
But I think that there are some parameters that have to be laid out from the beginning of any type of marital relationship. Like how how is the family um, going to be positioned? Are, are we seeking to honor God? So going in, there are certain expectations that will, in some ways, for lack of a better word, limit the things that we do because we believe that the Lord has called our family to do X and whatever that is. We'll grab the break and we'll be right back. But we've created a, a Jesus that's very sweet and he is. But there's another side of side. For there is no fear of God in the Side of his nature that we often neglect. Very seldom do men address it. It causes arrest. Something we want to forget. Like a bomb is a threat. We think of arms outstretched. Just you will calm and collect. Never pause to reflect of when he comes to collect. Seeking Jesus with eyes of fire is as raw as a guest. He is seated with rod of iron as he causes elect. 888-589-8840. You can talk to us. It's Friday Gumbo. Um, I'm going to move a little more quickly through the calls. Uh, 888-589 with less commentary coming from Will. Okay, so 888-589-8840. <laughs> 888-589-8840. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's the Friday edition. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Now it's Hazakeem with the other side. All right. Well, the great to the phone lines we go. Where are we headed? All right. Let's go to, let's see, Kimberly in, I think that's Indiana. Hold on. Hold on. One second. No, Maybe not Kimberly. Ramirez. Ramirez in Texas. Hello. Hey, Ramirez. Hi. Yes. Hi, thank you very much for taking my call. This is Ramirez. Yes. Um, Hello. Before I make my comment, um, let me tell everybody listening to you today that Christ is real. Amen. I have seen I have seen him with my own eyes. Okay. Awake. I've seen him twice while I'm driving and while in my dream. I've seen him. I'm not trying to tell anybody any stories. Christ is real. He is alive and well. If he is, God is real. Holy Spirit is real. Heaven is real. Mm-hmm. And Ramirez, let me jump in here. Let me say something really quickly. Let me say something really quickly, and then I want you to continue on with your comments. Because as soon as you said that you have seen Christ, so many people got uncomfortable and let me just myself included, because I'm waiting, I'm going, OK, where are you going with this? And then you're describing these moments where you have encountered Christ. Now, when you said what you just said, I was reminded of the testimonies that are coming out of the Middle East, out of Iraq and Iran, mm. where there are people who um, are having these encounters where Jesus is appearing to them in their dreams mm-hmm. and they are coming to the faith at great risk to their own their own personal safety. And so, look, I just want to say the Lord God does what he pleases and Jesus is real and he is alive. And so if Jesus a- appears to someone or chooses to appear to someone, then that's his prerogative to do. So I just look glory to God. Jesus is real. Now you can continue with your comments. Mine is a man is dream, but another one is real. I was driving. I was wide awake. I was singing his praises. What I'm telling everybody is, whatever you are going through, understand that this world is not our home. Amen. We are invited to a Thanksgiving banquet someday. So everybody rejoice. Have fun. Know that 
someday we are going to him. So if you're suffering, if you're having fun, if you're whatever, know that all those things will be dropped on the day we meet him. So everybody rejoice Christ is real. I've seen him with my own eyes. Well, I mean, thank you, Ramirez. Ramirez. I appreciate that. I I really I'd like to be surprised. But um, (laughs) because of the testimonies that are coming in from around the world of Jesus appearing to people um, and them putting their faith in the risen Lord, like not worshiping objects and things like them Mm -hmm. coming to the true and risen savior. Um, I mean, what can I say except thank you so much for sharing that and thank you so much for the encouragement. Um, the reality of what you just said, that Jesus Christ is real, mm-hmm. uh, cannot be denied. And, and so praise God that you um, that you have encountered him and that you're able to share that encouragement with other listeners. Thank you. Will the Great, where do we go next? Kimberly in Indiana. Hi, Kimberly. Hi. I have, uh, I would like to know what... You played bumper music mm-hmm. yesterday. It was C.C. Winans. Can you tell me how to spell her name and the name of the song you played? Oh, Please. yes. Uh, C.C. is uh, C-E-C-E. And okay. her last name is Winans, W-I-N-A-N-S. W-I? W-I-N-A-N-S. A-N. Okay, Winans. And I believe the song I played was Goodness of God. That sounds exactly right. All right. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you. All right. Let's go back to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go? Let's go to Kimberly in Mississippi. Hi, Kimberly. Hi there. How are you today? Doing Hello. Good. Great. I just wanted to share the fact that my husband and I, we're on a road trip, and this has been a little while back, and we were about a year into having adopted our, our only child, our little boy, and um, we were arguing about, you know, childhood and children and, and different ways of parenting and all this, and of course, we were brand new, didn't know what we were doing, and we already had a seven-year-old. So there had been some incidences where you know, I was ready to just give up. I was like, okay, I'm done. You know what? I'll just take the little, I'll just take my son and I don't need you, you know? And unfortunately that's the way I was kind of raised by my mom Mm -hmm. is that you don't need anybody. You can take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had to relearn, I had to learn, you know, that, you know, in a marriage, it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that was a tough lesson, but I tell you what we did and what was happening is that we, went on this little road trip together. We were having a little weekend alone, um, you know, just basically to try to hash things out. Mm -hmm. On that road trip, we were listening to AFR, and there was a little program that came on. It wasn't Aaron Addison's. It was something else, but it was about family life, and it was the two of you, and you were discussing together having children. And, Mickey, you touched my heart when you had made the statement, and this has been a while back, but I will never forget these words. You had made the statement that when you had children, in your mind, they belonged to you. (laughs) So when Will would step up and try to discipline or or do anything, um, you know, it just shook you. And you were just like, no, wait a minute. This is, these are my children. And when you said that it, my husband just kind of looked at me and then I looked at him and I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I said, that's exactly how I feel. I feel like he is my son. 
it doesn't matter that the both of us are in this and the both of us are committed mm. to this and we're both his parents. He's mine. Mm. And I had to completely, in that moment, change my mentality and change what God says about parenthood and motherhood and fatherhood and all those roles and how they fit into mm. a family. Because I had it completely backwards. I had it completely And I'll admit, I was wrong, and I had it completely backwards. Wow. And I just wanted you to know that it was your voices. It was God, that, it was God, it was God 100%, Jesus 100%, but it was your voices that I heard. It was Man, well, God bless that you. Changed that. Wow. God bless Praise you, Kimberly. God. I appreciate you sharing that. I think you may be referring to the By Design uh, podcast that yeah. we were doing a while back. Um, I can vaguely remember those conversations, but that goes back to the the point I was making earlier. It's so important for us to be honest in marriage, right? It's so important for us to really confess um, our areas of weakness and our shortcoming. And I will just tell you this, Kimberly, a lot of my sentiment and a lot of my point of reference came from a place of fatherlessness, Mm. meaning all I saw was my mom doing everything and we were her children. Like mm-hmm. we were her children. I didn't I didn't see the the roles of a husband and a wife. I didn't see the roles of a mother and a father. And so my mom, what she did, she did of necessity. And little did I know I was bringing that construct into our marriage when I didn't I didn't have to. It wasn't all on me. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, just and that's not the way God even intended it to be. But, um, yeah, it's, it can be difficult, though, to get to that place because you get a lot of scrapes and, and bruises along the way where you're just like, oh, that was wrong. And, and I shouldn't have said that. But, man, praise God. I, I, I appreciate God. you sharing the entirety of that story, even to see the way the Lord works, that you guys are on your way um, with the goal in mind of, of getting to a place of understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the Lord seems to have met you guys. So thank Amen. you so much for sharing that. I appreciate it. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Jennifer in Texas. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, guys. How are y'all? Hello. Doing well. Um, I wanted to bring up about the moms who get to stay at home. Um, I was married for 22 years. My husband was retired military, and um, I was content with staying home. I still have one that is uh, 16, has a lot of medical issues, so I choose to be available for her, which meant that I was not working outside of the home. Uh, COVID has taken a lot of these young men out of the families, um, my husband being one of them. So now that I chose to stay home for 21 years, I am at a point where I have to figure out what to do with my life in order for me to live. Um, And so that was something I wanted to bring up. While it is a blessing to stay home with your kids, um, you know, you have to prepare for the inevitable and for anything that could happen, and COVID being one of them, mm. has taken a lot of young uh, men out of families. So that was all that I wanted to uh, hey, comment Hey, Jennifer, about. I just have a quick question. Yes. Jennifer, perchance, uh, did you email us? I did, yes. I read, I read your email, so let me just offer some commentary here, because I really appreciate your perspective and and I think it's a, so so this gives me an opportunity to kind of unpack, you know, there are areas of our conversation that we can't anticipate um, everybody's response. But I read your email yesterday and I was thinking, you know, in part, the moms, moms being at home with our kids does not mean that we suspend the ability that God has given us. When you look at this woman who is outlined in Proverbs 31, 
while she is caring for her family, she also has a certain business acumen about her that makes her sort of like set apart. It it, it causes her to stand out. One of the things, and, and I don't know if I was as eloquent as I could have been yesterday, we have done ourselves a disservice by believing that when a wife and a mother turns her focus toward home, it means to the exclusion of anything else. You Mm. just don't see that in scripture. And that sentiment doesn't work around the world. Like this understanding that moms cannot work. this, This is a construct that we have made up. And so what I was thinking as I was reading your email yesterday is, wow, I wonder what the gifts are that were present in you that could have also been shaped and could have been developed while also caring for your kids. There are things that moms can do. There are things that moms are gifted at doing. And I would say this as a challenge should be doing to be an additional blessing to your family. But this American idea of I'm quote unquote, just at home. You won't find that supported in scripture. I, I think this idea of like, you know, and I and I, I lovingly and, and jokingly sometimes with people that I'm close to, if I'm not so close, then I, I hang back. But people I'm close to have relationship with, I joke with them because they'll sometimes it's a it's a it's a slip and they'll say, well, you know, I don't work. I'm just at home. And I'm like, I'm sorry, that's work. Like that, that <laughs> this idea that we have, guys, where we split these things and, and, and put these things in all of these little compartments, you won't find that in Scripture. There are moms who are home primarily with their kids. You're, you're there throughout the day, but you have a tremendous amount of gifting and ability to be able to do things that would also earn a living for your family. It should be seen as a blessing to your husband that you do those things. Mm-hmm. Like there... Think about this husband in Proverbs 31 who is praised at the gate because of what his wife does. Mm. Now, this does not comport with our American construct, right? Because we're like, well, if my wife does anything that, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm supposed to do all of the earning. And I'm, <laughs> that's not biblical. It's not biblical. This woman is praised because of what she's able to do with her hands and care for her entire family. Mm-hmm. Right. And then also earn a living. So we've got to shift shift the way that we think about moms being at home. There is no such thing. And I wish we would eradicate this from our vocabulary. There is no such thing. Listen to me. There is no such thing as just being at home. There is no such thing as just being at home. And and I, I hope that we will start to unpack that and think about what that means, because a lot of times what we have done is we have painted ourselves in a corner because we've tried to take an American ideal and we've tried to make that biblical. Mm-hmm. And you just you, you don't see some of the things that are our our positions represented in Scripture. Um, anyway, okay, let's try to squeeze in one more call or maybe two before the end of the program. Will the Great, where do we go? All right, Jamie in Louisiana. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Mickey and Will. How are y'all? Doing Hello. good. Man, y'all are, y'all are tearing up some stuff today, man. I, I wish we could be by the uh, fire just tearing stuff up. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Will, I want to uh, come at me. I think you did a good job on this virtual warfare thing, but I have a question here. Um, I have a lot of questions, but I can only deal with this one. So, like, where are you? Where do you like you and Mickey stand like in warfare with like? Because I never heard these subjects on AFR. Because I've asked a couple of hosts and they kind of run from it, which kind of bothers me. Because I have a question in regards to that. But more particularly, where do y'all stand in regards to warfare when it comes to the Holy Spirit um, casting out demons and the gift of tongues that God gives you? 
because I asked one of the hosts. I knew one of them hadn't received it because I could sense it, but the other one, I figured he did. And I, I asked him. I asked him on AFR. And the other one kind of runs from it. So I'm trying to find out because mm. that's something important when it comes to warfare. We, so, Jamie, we're not going to have time so to answer important. it today. But Let we me should just, do something about oh, that. We should wow. talk about it. Go ahead. Let's Mia. have a discussion about it. What yeah, we, we have we'll to do is it. go to the scriptures, but we just don't have time to do it today. We're out of time, unfortunately, Jamie. Yeah. I'm so sorry. We're not running. We're just we're just pausing until Monday, <laughs> Lord willing. God bless.